Hello and welcome to the Fish on Ted podcast, where we talk about the business of hunting and fishing. And we're recording. Hi, this is Ted Johnson with Fish on Ted, and we're excited today uh, to have Grant Sheely. And Grant is not only a tremendous high-quality guide, but he also runs a large insurance agency. And uh, a lot of questions that come in over the time uh, to, to us and other people is, you know, what do I have to be concerned about when I'm starting a guide business and how should I insure myself? So anyway, without further ado, how are you today, Grant? Doing good, Ted. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. How's fishing? Fishing stinky right now. I'm actually just, I went, drove over there this today, had a meeting on the Alsea River and uh, the, got a view it up close and personal it is high and muddy and no chance to catch a fish probably uh, going to be that way for the next week or so well what a great time to sell insurance then yes exactly that's why i'm in the office right now uh very good well grant we thank you so much uh, for sharing your expertise and giving us a little bit of time today you know the, the 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 question i have or i'm sure a lot of our listeners have is is that if they're looking to start a guide business or they have a guide business and they're looking to shore up their insurance program. You know, what, what are the things that people in, in that profession need to think about when, when they're insuring things properly? Well, number one, you got to make the state happy. And every state has a little bit different. Here in Oregon, I think we're at a half million of uh -huh. liability insurance. Um, right. and, uh, it's still, I think, only 300000 in Washington, but I know they're working on that. Right. Um, I'd recommend you go as high as you can, you know, at least look at a million dollars. But to be fair, just so everybody knows, the new guides, they make new guides make insurance companies nervous. So they generally won't go more than the state limit, minimum limits for the first couple of years. Oh, really? Uh, and yes, so in, in the state of Oregon, where you're from, that's a half a million dollars, right? Yep. Half a million dollars. Um, I personally have a million dollars, but I've been doing this for 25 years. So without a, with a good track record. Um, it does kind of stink for someone that has something to lose and, you know, they're doing this maybe as a side job or they just decided that they retired with a good pension and, but they're only going to get a half million dollars of coverage to begin with. And it's kind of a spooky, it may be a situation where you want to talk about getting incorporated. So a little less hanging out there mm -hmm. um, as far as personal assets go. Incorporated like an LLC or something like that? Exactly. Limited liability company. Exactly. Right. Now, now when you talk about liability insurance, what, what, do, what does the liability insurance cover? I mean, does that cover the value of your boat and the value of your truck or, or what, what sort of protection does that offer? No, that's a really good question. Cause I've had uh, guides come in here, just want me to look at their current policy and they're really scared to figure out that, look, this is only liability. This is only covering you. If you hurt one of your clients, um, and their boats are not covered in one way, shape, or form, and they didn't know it. And it's really yeah. scary because people have minimum fifty thousand dollars in their jet sleds anymore. And uh, you know, I've insured boats for up to one hundred and fifty thousand yeah. for a guide boat. Yeah. Um, and they, and sometimes if you don't have the right guy, he doesn't realize what's going on, and it's the policy doesn't cover your boat. And obviously, that's very important. That's your biggest asset by far in your guide service. Right. So the liability then, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's kind of the 
fall overboard type insurance. You, you get somebody wet or they break an arm going down a, a, an embankment while trying to get back into the boat or something like that. That's what that covers? Yes, kind of. And you just hit on another thing. The average guide insurance policy doesn't cover you if you're not in the boat. So you want to have shoreside service. Shoreside oh. and there's also dockside. So, you know, dock is obviously the, if you're getting in and out of the boat with the dock, but there's times we go to the shore because someone needs to take a leak or he needs to take a break or whatever. The average guy policy does not have coverage for that guy when he's tromping around the bushes. Oh, um, really? Most likely that's when the problem could it would occur. He trips over a stick and breaks his leg and he's going to want his some, so, you know, if he doesn't have his own good insurance, he's going to want you to help pay for that. Right, right. And the average guy policy does not cover that. Oh, that's interesting. Now, now, of, of course, you know, as a guide and taking people out and that sort of thing, a lot of people will bring a, a cooler with them with lunch and libation. And and I've never known if, if really the liability policy covers you as the guide if somebody has a few too many and, and maybe gets hurt. Would that cover them? Nope. And that's another really – you'd think you and I had talked about this, but we haven't. You're asking great questions. The, and the, I did not know this, of course, until I started selling guides insurance. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. No guide policies, at least none I've ran into out there, cover any clients if, if, they're, if they get hurt as a result of their drinking. So it means yeah. if they drink too much and fall out of the boat and drown, yeah. um, there's no coverage for it. If they drink too much and fall down and break their leg, uh, there's no coverage for that. And I, that is something I try to tell everybody that comes with me because – We've all had people drink too much, and when I found out they weren't covered, it scared the crap out of me. And I, yeah. well, now I tell my clients when they're drinking too much, you do understand I'm a fishing guide. I don't have a ton of assets, and if you get hurt, it's it's between you and me. I have no coverage for you. Right. Um, right. And you're gonna you're gonna get blood out of a, a rock, and so I would suggest we slow down a little bit. Wow. And it usually wow. people people don't think about that stuff, but that's when that's another highly likely area for someone to get hurt when they drink too much in a boat. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you said there is really no coverage for that then. None whatsoever. It's written in everyone's policies. If you go actually read them, it uh -huh. says right in there, no coverage for alcohol with any alcohol. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That is, that, that I get is, that from every guide I've talked to and told them I get wows because it, it is a big deal because we all look about some of the ding-dongs that have drank way too much and how close we were to a disaster. Sure. Well, and, and now in some of the states with, uh, you know, uh, marijuana being legalized, I'm sure, you know, at times that becomes an issue. Yeah, I haven't come across that yet. I mean, I've had... I've had people with marijuana cards light up in my boat and we have to shut them down because we're still governed by the Coast Guard. So it's right. a big no-no. Right. Um, they think they've got a marijuana card, but we tell them, uh, no, that doesn't work because the Coast Guard's federal. Yeah. And that's not going to fly. And that, that would probably be an uncovered claim also, wouldn't it? More than likely, it probably would be. Yeah. I've uh, never heard of it being a problem. And people don't, in my experience, they don't get silly, stupid drunk right. the way they they do with alcohol but with marijuana right right so this this liability policy it covers people while they're in the boat they need the shoreside insurance to cover them when they're in and around the boat sort of like the uh, what do they call it pip coverage right uh, on a car and then yeah and said there's dockside coverage also huh yep there's both okay um there's, there's both. How, about, how about liability while they're in the truck does that extend to them for that for that also? 
No, it doesn't. But like I also, I own a farmer's agency and farmers does extend uh, a little bit of commercial use if as long as you've paid for it yeah. on our personal use vehicles. Um, okay. Most people haven't taken the time to do that, but you should talk to your agent and make sure they know that every once in a while you have incidental people getting in your car just to drive them back to their vehicles after a float. Um, there is some coverage to be had out there, but your your guide coverage does not cover you for that. Right, right. Well, gosh, it sounds like um, to protect yourself as a guide, maybe having a uh, an a signed agreement with you know customers that are coming into the boat, you know, uh, kind of listing the things that uh, you recommend against that uh, might provide you with a little bit of uh, protection also. That would be very wise. Yeah. I, but I honestly, I don't see that very often. I've, I've worked with a couple of guide, guide insurance companies that require that. Uh-huh. Um, but they're, the companies that required that are, had so many other flaws in their coverages, I don't write for them unless I'm absolutely desperate with somebody that falls out of um, the company I normally use uh, parameters. Right. Um, otherwise, I, and people don't do that. And they should. It's, right. it's kind of like should be wearing your life preservers and people don't do that, too. Yeah, yeah, good point. So, so let's uh, let's talk about coverage on the boat, and and the boat uh, obviously is is in many cases uh, the most uh, important investment because without it uh, you're out of business. Um, right. But but the boat has different components, does it not? That have to be addressed, like uh, electronics from the trailer, and you know, is it going to be a cash value policy or or a replacement policy? Uh, d- tell us a little bit about that. Most of the guide policies I've run into are replacement. They don't do uh, actual cash value. Uh-huh. People can't afford to put too much depreciation in there. You need to have a, a stated value to go off of. Right. Um, I highly recommend that. It's a little bit more expensive policy, but it's completely worth it. I've had people's boats fall off on, on the interstate. I've had people sink their boats. And it's really nice to be able to get them all their money back and so go build a new boat. You bet. As opposed to being depreciated out with an extra cash value. And and in in regards to uh, let's say the operation of the boat, if you have a, a you know a couple outboards, uh, a big outboards and and you uh, hit a sandbar or something like that, does, does it cover, you know, lower units and that sort of thing? Yep, I've uh, bought several people new lower units from random things they're not sure what they hit because the water was muddy or they just flat out I had them hit things while driving down the road and destroy a lower unit. Really? Um, it's really nice. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's really nice to be able to buy them a new motor or at least a new lower unit. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I think the biggest thing we all worry about is actually just sinking the boat, have people in the water and getting them injured that way. And that's yeah. the, probably the most common reason we do. I haven't had that happen in my, in my agency yet, knock on wood, yeah, no but care. I've watched it happen. Really? It's scary. Really? Wow. Wow, that that uh, that's sort of a game changer for uh, maybe the passengers and for the guy, didn't it? Oh, I can't imagine going through that actually hurting my client enough that I mean, I've seen there's been a couple deaths the last couple of years here in Oregon uh-huh. uh, in the hands of guides, and it was just an accident. But and I don't even know if a million dollars policy will take care of someone dying in your boat. I can't imagine even going back to it. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of people that talk about this umbrella policy thing out there, and, and uh, they say, well, I'm pretty well covered because I've got an umbrella policy on me. Does that cover their guide business? Generally, no. Um, 
umbrella policies are usually with your personal, your home and auto, and then you're if you have a person personal boat, but as soon as you are guiding, it's a commercial use, and that umbrella is not going to work. Now, there's commercial umbrellas out there, right? Um, but I don't see a lot of them. I don't have a lot of people requesting them. I talk to people about them, but they're a little bit cost prohibitive. Um, it feels like they are, but if you're ever in a, that kind of accident, it's sure going to seem cheap mm -hmm. if you have one. Right, um, right. People should be looking at those more than they actually do these days. Yeah. So, so what, what, what factors out there generate the, you know, the, the amount of premium that somebody has to pay for their insurance grant? The biggest factor is the value of their boat. Everybody kind of pays the same amount for the liability section. Uh -huh. um, but then, you know, someone running a little drift boat uh, is going to have a much cheaper policy than someone saying a 25 foot Willie jet sled. Right. Um, but it's still, you are going to expect to pay, even if you have a, Tried little drift boat. Uh, it's only worth three thousand dollars, and I have some of those. Um, that, heck, that's how I started guiding. Uh -huh. um, you're going to sp spend at least six hundred bucks a year on your on your insurance for that to protect your boat and some have half million dollars for the liability. Oh, really? Well, that's not so awful bad, is it? It's not. It's not yeah. bad at all. And and that it, and that includes the value of the boat and the trailer and and yep. the uh, and the liability. Natural. For example, I've got a. $30,000, 15-year-old jet sled, and I've got a $10,000 drift boat, and I'm paying about $2,500 a year for the oh. insurance for my, my business. A couple hundred bucks a month. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, that uh, that, that seems reasonable then. So so if somebody yeah. came into you to, to, today and said, hey, I'm starting a, a guide service, um, what do they have to go through to get you the proper paperwork and and information so that you can bind a policy for them? Um, really just all the serial numbers you can imagine on the uh -huh. boat, trailer, motors. Um, I don't need pictures necessarily, as long as the boat's you know fairly new, less than 20 years old. Right. When you get a little older, the, the underwriters get nervous and they wanna see what they're insuring. Right. Um, boat values seem so steady that they're not too worried about it. Mm -hmm. Um, then I need, of course, your name and address and your, your vitals, your driver's license, and your socials and all that kind of stuff to make sure you're who you say you are. Right. And uh, some people, I've had this happen, they get in a couple accidents, their rates skyrocket or they get canceled and then they start fibbing on what's going on out there. And so that's uh -huh. to protect, every, to keep everybody's prices cheaper, we got to kind of weed that out a little bit. Right, right. So that's the main reason we verify who we're working with. Uh-huh. Interesting. So, so in, in some cases, um, you know, uh, a, a guide will get an opportunity to run a trip, but they don't have enough seats in their boat to do it. And so they go out and they'll hire two or three other guides, you know, to run a drift boat for the day. Will that cover them also? Um, no, you can get it to cover them, but usually the guides all have their own insurance. Uh -huh. And so if you have to verify if you're doing a, a group trip like that, that your other guides are insured um, uh, okay. and, and on the up and up, I don't, obviously I don't have a problem with that because I insure all my buddies. So it's super easy to call the guys I know have insurance and right. doing a good job keeping up with it. And then that's the guys I hire. Right. Um, but there's long time ago, just over 20 years ago, I took a year off from guiding and got a phone call from a guide that needed help 
and I had to say, shoot, I'm sorry, man. I did. I let my guide's insurance lapse. Well, he couldn't drop his phone any faster, and that was very smart of him. Oh, you bet. don't want to be hiring guides because if they don't have insurance to back up on, they're going to go back to the guide that brought him in in the first place. Sure they are. And it's going to land on you. You're probably not going to be covered. You're going to get in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, very good. Well, Grant, we sure appreciate the chance to talk with you today. Um, just a quick question. Um, uh, do you only insure guides in Oregon or do you in, insure in other states also? I, I insure them in Washington also. I'm licensed in Oregon and Washington. Um, I don't extend it. I, what I do is if someone from another state calls me, I refer them directly to the company I work with because uh -huh. um, I still want to take good care of whoever they are. Yeah. And so in this company, this one company I work with is fantastic. Great. Um, and so that, that's, I still try to take care of them as best I can. And, and will you do charters also? Yes. Anything to do with fishing, commercial fishing I can do. Um, charter boats that go in the ocean. I can, I can pretty much handle all that. Very good. So if somebody wants to uh, get a hold of you directly, how should they do that? Call my office and I'll give you the number. It's 541-791-7695. Okay, terrific. And, and that's uh, Pacific Coast time, right? Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Well, Grant, I, I sure appreciate the chance, like I said, to talk with you today. Any, uh, any parting comments before we go? No, I think you did a good job of hitting it all. I, well, you're very, very efficient. Well, sounds good. Well, Grant, thank you so much. And uh, um, if uh, people need to uh, reach you, obviously they can call that number. We have the number and your contact information also posted on our podcast screen. And uh, anyway, we uh, wish you the best uh, of seasons in 2018. Thank you, Ted. I really appreciate this opportunity. You betcha.